welcome to you wandering leadership wannabes out there. Um, welcome to this second podcast with Donna Mack, your in-house lawyer's leadership coach. And today we have got someone really special um, with us who is a brilliant friend of mine who I have met in the Elite Closing, Closing Academy, which is an academy that brings business owners together to help people close business. And Anna and I met about two months ago and we have become really, really good friends. Um, Anna is a, a coach and mentor specifically for entrepreneurs who need to get out of their own way so they can make their business work for them so they can live the life that they want to. So Anna, welcome. Hello, thank you, Donna. Thank you for having me on. And I think that's very us, isn't it? Like met two years, uh, two years ago. Feels yes, like we met two years ago, <laughs> two months ago. And like, we're like, we are these people who dive right into the deep end, right? And we're like best mates already. So, <laughs> I know, I love it. I love it. It's, and uh, that's really, um, well, we will be talking about leadership uh, later. Um, that's one thing that we probably will be drawing out later um, as well is what is leadership. So we've got, what we're going to do is really talk through um, what leadership really means, because you might be listening in or watching this thinking, well, I'm not a leader, this isn't for me, but hang around because um, you might be very surprised with the things in your life that you have got complete control and leadership over. And um, my question to you is to think about, oh, am I really a leader or am I just doing stuff? Everybody listening here today or watching today is a leader in something and the leadership mindset is all about how you hold your position in that thing that you are leadership over so what we're going to do is just talk through um, a couple of things like what is a leader um how can you really bring out leadership in your life and and what is the leadership mindset so and what are the things that you can do to transform your mindset so that you can feel like you're in control and making your life work for you so i'm going to chuck it over to anna um anna just with because you work with entrepreneurs um they're probably um consider themselves natural leaders because they own a business um in in your world and the leadership coaching that you do, because I would consider you like a leadership coach as well, because you help people at the top of their chain, really. What for you would you say leadership really is? That's a great question. Actually, it's funny that you should say about kind of feeling like a leader. And I've got several clients who actually, yeah. that the word leader, we, we talk about the word leader and they're like, do not use that word leader. Oh, it makes me kind of feel like, oh, I'm not a leader. And I think okay. that's actually really important to first of all embrace that because um, actually, for me, anyway, leadership is about actually just leading the way, right? Going in a direction when maybe you've got people over here who are saying and doing a certain thing, actually being open to doing something different. Um, and I think that's what being a leader is all about. Actually, not necessarily just going with what society tells you should do or what other people in your family or surroundings or even in your company think that you should do, but actually to be able to bring everything inside yourself, 
work out what you really want to to do and then actually move forward and i think that's what almost like the foundation of leadership is that you know what i'm going to actually go in a direction yeah. that maybe is away from what the the status quo is social norms social norms yeah and i think yeah. for me that that's that's kind of really key yeah um and i definitely see that in some of the people that i work um for those of you out there who um can't remember what I do or you've um, slept since the last time you heard me. Um, I uh, work with um, lawyers to help them to step into leadership. And Anna, you, I think you've kind of um, touched on the side of leadership, which is um, very interesting, especially when I, we, I talk about the legal sphere. And I don't want this just to be dominated by um, talking about legal, but um, in the uh, legal sector at the moment, well, the whole way through the legal sector for the last decades that centuries that has been um out there there is at the moment a real big issue around um, managing stress and expectations mm -hmm. in that sector and i see out there a lot of coaches and a lot of general counsels and partners and law firms kind of try to set the, the way on how um, they should be leading that industry very differently than mm -hmm. they have been historically. And part of that is kind of setting a new agenda and um, selling, um, not selling, but um, following a different route. And going back to what you've said, Anna, I think it's really interesting where you talk about leadership is setting the way and um, bringing everything inside yourself. Mm -hmm. And that um, brings out one word that springs to my mind, which is authenticity, leading with authenticity and leading, yeah. leading, yeah. With, leading with that authenticity and that you know that you're doing the things that align with you. Um, so you're not doing things that you normally wouldn't want to do and that can bring out real authenticity um which which i think i think is a really big thing that you've mentioned there what else what else do you do you see as a leadership um quality or what leadership really is yeah I, and I love that you've just t touched on kind of the legal sector. And as you know, kind of, I, I was in the legal sector for a big chunk oh, of yes. time. I was in the intellectual property world. So I will talk about the legal sector all day long. Oh, and it's actually really, really interesting coming into the legal sector from, uh, you know, when I came into the legal sector, I'd been an entrepreneur. Well, I personally don't like the word entrepreneur, right? In my mind, unless you're Richard Branson, right? You're not an entrepreneur. That's how I feel. How I think well, that's a self-limiting belief, Anna. I, well, I, I know, right? That was my old belief. <laughs> Chuck that one out the window. That was an old, <laughs> an old belief, right? Um, but I, I had had my own businesses since 2006. So coming into the legal sector, actually, it felt like I'd gone back 20 years. It was like, hold on, what what goes on here? What you, you have this mm. hierarchy and. And then, and there wasn't. It didn't feel that there was necessarily a hierarchy of leadership. What it felt like is, if you did well, if you earned well in your, you know, um, what you were doing, you would be made to be a partner. And suddenly, yeah. it was like, don't manage um, Yeah. And good, good, good in the, especially in the in law firms. Um, good yeah. looked like where you were. Um, being highly utilized to bring in money 
um, say, it's all about the money, right? If you were bringing yes. in money, you were good at good at what you did. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And that in itself can breed a lack of leadership because most people will perform, as we know, with regards to how they're measured. And if you're measured in time, guess what you're not going to do? Um, you're going to put to the bottom any other things that would really help to push growth into the organization, anything that will help keep high retention, anything that will keep people happy. Hence the reason why um, law firms do have a very high attrition rate um, because of how the people are measured. But going back to um, what we're talking about in terms of leadership, um, we talked about, first of all, like authenticity, um, being and making sure that you're doing something that follows your meaning and your um values and your vision and your purpose which is one thing that we help do here at the in-house lawyers um leadership program is help leaders who don't feel that they know what that is to get that so um so that's like uh, authenticity and you mentioned then about um leaders um we kind of kind of touched on that topic about um how the legal world is slightly different in terms of how people are measured in their um in the way in the way that they're measured in terms of performance and i would suggest sir, that a really good leader can um help people measure um other things so that they can grow and develop within um the organization and a good leader will will do that because i see beyond um the immediate bottom line and they're more strategic in the way that they think about a people strategy and what they need to be doing in their team to keep people as well and what else what else anna what 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 is um so we're, we're kind of moved into what a good leader looks like um going back to what what leadership what leadership is um, what else would you say um, are good qualities for a leader, Anna? And I love that you've just touched on that that kind of um, almost a little bit on actually seeing that people have different qualities. And I, I know you and I do a lot of uh, personality profiling in what we do. Um, and, and, and for those of you who don't know what we are talking about at all, um, we are all made up of kind of different elements and, and what Donna and I do in a lot of the work that we do is actually we ask lots of questions to understand actually what are your almost like like donna was just saying about the key values and what drives you as a person the how and the why you do you do the things that you do um and i think actually for a a, a great leader actually can very easily look at their team see who they have in their team what their strengths are and actually play to those strengths because i think we see in the world a lot of people saying, you know, don't hire for, you know, the the actual job. Hire for people's, you know, abilities and values because you can teach them anything. Additional kind of softer skills is that what you? Yeah, yeah, kind of the softer skills. Actually, what they are like as a human. Because if if someone is um, driven, and actually, I was talking to one of my clients yesterday. He was talking about his team, and he we we were discussing one particular person in the team and the fact that this person is very driven and we talked about well actually if this person does not feel that they are uh, moving forward uh, being driven 
to a certain extent that you know what will end up happening is one day they're just going to hand in their notice and and they won't even necessarily know that's happening because they are a fast mover it's like one day things will be okay the next day they won't um so we were kind of talking around that that side of things of actually okay being aware of what your team members you know are good at how you can place those team members and also i think it's really important as a leader not to micromanage and and, and this particular oh yes it depends well. on the person it depends on the person i think yes you are right because some people need that extra help but i think it's almost like if someone needs a little bit of encouragement helping them do that without actually taking the role off them taking it over yeah i see what yeah. you mean yeah and, and, and not almost like doing their work for them because it's easy and we've had these conversations haven't we donna like almost like doing their work for them because it's easier and it's quicker than actually kind of together moving forward and training yes. and this this brings back to the point we kind of made well we i said it <laughs> <laughs> i love it take ownership donna take ownership <laughs> I'm gonna own that one. no as this comes back to the point about having a more long-term a strategic plan about yeah. people and people development because if a leader doesn't have that and only responds in the moment and can't see the benefit the long-term benefit of them stepping back a bit and that's and and them seeing the long-term benefit for them as a leader and for the individual will they less likely stop micromanagement management um so i completely agree and uh that um that skill to be able to understand what your team individual needs are from a growth perspective and how to give them that is essential because mm -hmm. you are not a leader if people aren't following 100 percent, exactly and I, I think it's really important to actually have your team you know cohesive every everybody's kind of working together everybody is on the same page because otherwise you're going to spend half of your day actually managing like firefighting and that is really exhausting but i think more than anything else we were touching on this before but actually you've got to lead yourself first because if you are not walking your talk and i think we see this a lot in the coaching industry yeah if you're not actually walking yourself, uh, walking your talk first, and I'll be honest, right? On the days that my life feels a little bit tougher, I will do my own work and I'll be like, oh, oh my God, I've got to do my own work. Right? I am literally in that frame of mind because I know it. I'm yeah. forcing myself to do it because I know it works. But do I want to do it? No, I'm like a rebellious child. Right? I don't want to do my homework. Yeah, so, we had we had an instance like that yesterday, didn't we, Anna? We did, we did. <laughs> Anna was being a rebellious child. So, but I think as well within and and, and as you know, within my podcast, I, I talk about being in being in. in oh yes, what's the name of your podcast? Um, well, being, I, I just said it. You see, Donna, lace that in. Being imperfectly perfect because I, I love it sometimes. Being a leader, we can tell ourselves a story of we've got to be perfect. I've got to, I can't have any flaws. I can't have any faults. I've got to basically have no vulnerabilities and I've got to move forward. And I think the difficulty is, touching back on what you said about authenticity, people can smell that a mile away. People oh. can smell a mile away that you are not truly authentic. And actually, let's face it, hands up who hasn't got any problems 
you know, I, I've got oh, lots God. of stuff going on in lots of different areas. And life is a life is a juggling act. We pay more what attention over here and then move what, over here. Give me a little bit of journalism style. What would you say that your big challenge is? My biggest challenge at the moment. Just generally, as Anna, what's Anna's general challenge? Because I, yeah. I think I know. I for me, I have my general challenge as, yeah. as a as a as a Donna Mac thing. Yeah. And what's yours? I think it's the challenge that has always been in my life. And having kids, my kids are now nineteen and fifteen. What is that challenge? It, it's being a mom, right? It's the balance between, because I'll be honest with you, one day I want to take over the world and be a career girl and, and be 100% in my business. The next day I want to be a stay-at-home mom and, 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 and make cookies all day and, you know, and, and the house be immaculate and everything else. And I think coming back to what we were saying about balance, life, I don't believe in there is any such thing as balance. I don't think it stays still like this. Because the second you get balance, it moves. Something moves. Your kids will get sick or something will happen at work or, or something will happen. So I think, and a good friend of mine said about this concept of balancing, and I believe that. Life is a juggling act. You were juggling like 15 balls all at the same time. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of us are parents, you know, or if not, we're partners. We've got parents. We've got siblings. We've got friends. We've got colleagues. We've got clients. We've got you know peers there's so many different hats that we are wearing and I think the difficulty we have now is this concept of well I am who I am and I'm going to be this person in all of, all of my world I also don't think that works because you start being the same person you are at home for your partner as you are with your colleagues and you've got you've got a mess you've got bigger, prob bigger, you've problems. Got bigger problems right so it is about wearing that hat and actually realizing when am I bringing my work hat home? When am I bringing my home hat to work? And actually compartmentalising between those different roles, I think, is very, oh, really they're very, very different. Funny, yeah. I was just, before we came on, I was listening to a podcast and it was the diary of the CEO. Yeah. And Stephen Bartlett, he's absolutely he's brilliant. It, yeah. And he had a lady on um, speaking, and I can't remember her name because I, I'm terrible at remembering names anyway. <laughs> but she is a neuroscientist and she wow. does a lot of speaking on um, balancing. And I actually can't remember where I was going with this. Um, what were you saying beforehand? About balancing rather than the, the rigidity of yes. balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she was she was talking about um, this idea that we all um, are trying to take control. One hundred things. Yeah. And she kind of um, had this mantra, and she says it really has worked for her and for her clients as well. Is where it's like a kind of a fuck it attitude. Mm. Um, realizing that you can't actually control everything oh, and learning just to, to to dance dance with the things that happen yeah. um she is a christian as well and i'm a christian as well and this is a big part of what i teach as well is that embrace things with grace and i, I love that you say that yeah i think that is super key what you've just said i, I see that in all of my clients 
there's three kind of common factors that I see in my clients. One, they're high achievers. They love yeah. growth. They love progression. I mean, I, I would say who doesn't, but I don't think everybody in the world is the Not same. Everybody. Not everybody. No, yeah. exactly. Some people say, oh, well, everybody's a high achiever. I don't believe that. I don't believe that well, everybody wants that. I opened their eyes and looked around the world and not just hung around high achievers. They might see that there are other people out there. Yeah. And I think what happens is we see, we, we automatically see people like us. So we think everybody in the world is the same as us, but they're not. So they're traditionally high achievers who want growth, want more, want to progress, love that feeling of progression and change. Maybe not necessarily change. I don't know that they always lo love change, but they love evolving. And the second thing is um, that that kind of like, well, that, that one and two is kind of together but they're also very self-aware. So they can see inside themselves, they, they can see the things that they're doing and not doing. And mm. the difficulty is we can be very good then at nitpicking at ourselves because we love growth so much. We're so obsessed with keep developing, keep developing. Yes. So when we're not looking at our greatness, what we're doing is oh, look at the yeah. like earlier. Going back to what yeah. Nick James said at the ECA retreat that we were at, he was like, how often do you stand in the gap? Uh, exactly. in the gap in the gap yeah in the gap between um where you've been and where you're going to and just yeah. being in this moment and seeing how far you've come without putting yeah. so much pressure on yourself to keep pushing ahead because that's as Anna you've said is it's really really key for from a mental health perspective yeah and also a gratitude perspective to be yeah. able to step into grace is to yeah. be grateful and yeah. seeing how far you've come and grateful for what you've got around you and sometimes realizing that there's things that you've got control over and things that you don't yeah exactly um, even the things that you don't have control over someone else has and all you need to do is empower that person yeah so that they can do it themselves yeah. Like I've seen some amazing, I mean, genuinely amazing human beings, general counsels, heads of legals, legal director, high achieve. Not they're not just even high achieving; they're just naturally great at people following them, which is what I call leadership. Yeah, um, and going back into that first point that we made about authenticity and you setting the way, and then people and then leading that i think leadership is less about following the person rather than following what they're about that ideal i think you're right and also like even as a leader i don't think being a leader is checking to see if people are following you i don't think that's what being a leader is i don't think it's keep looking back over your shoulder to say oh are people coming with me are people coming with me I think actually being a true leader is actually you living your life with purpose and intention and as we've been talking about authenticity, oh, right? Yeah, and knowing what that is that you're, that you're, um, what you're, what, what you're actually standing for. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to stand up and revolt against anything, but is what is it that you represent? Yeah. Um, I do, I do remember um, being at a brilliant um presentation and a guy a good friend of mine Kevin within he's absolutely brilliant very a senior lawyer in a um in a fortune 500 um company and he'd done a presentation for women in law I'm going back like four years whenever my business started mm. 
and he done he had a video of a bunch of people at this um music festival and someone got up and started to dance like seriously dance they just were like free they were dancing <laughs> out of the ordinary from, uh, <laughs> definitely did not have a dance um background but they just got up and they let themselves free Love and that. then someone else got up afterwards and they'd done the exact same thing and then other people got up and done the same so eventually it turned from oh, one person into like a group of hundreds yeah. and the interesting point that uh, Kevin asked was who was the leader who did people follow and wow. he said people didn't follow the leader they followed the follower so it was almost like one on so it's like yeah yeah, yeah it's like yeah. yeah and i thought whenever we go back to the original point that we made about um doing something different standing up and if someone if someone follows you that's fantastic but just because you do something different doesn't necessarily make you the leader it, yeah. it's the thing that you're doing that other people want to buy into and i would suggest in that video that kevin showed us was that people didn't buy into the fact that he was up dancing like a looney tune um not that that they were at all but it just looked really funny i think what people bought into them was the sense of freedom that that person was demonstrating and that if he could get up and dance freely and with that sense of freedom why can't i and you know what i i think freedom's in your own head and, and even you know i'm going to touch it i don't really like this subject but i'm going to touch on it briefly but back in covid i think because a lot of people are like oh covid covid they're still in covid now right because yeah. they keep bringing it forward in covid for me i i was the freest i've ever been what i realized in covid was in actual fact freedom is in your head because touching on the control piece i really realized in covid that I could not control a single thing outside of me. However, there were a couple of things I could control. That was what I thought, what I did, my reactions, my um, responses, you know, whether I am reacting or responding, whether I'm taking in, whether I'm actually kind of yeah. like thinking, okay, rather than instantaneously acting on something, what do I want to do? And not necessarily rushing into things, because I think we've been trained to be so reactive just society generally, our phone pings. And I see so many people, they are, I, I see people walking down the road and they're like on their phones and I'm like, what on earth is going on? You know, to this point, but freedom is in your head at the end of the day. No one can make you feel anything. Everything is in your oh, head. And I think that's, it's restrictive, yeah. probably. For, and it's like, just building on what you've said, Anna, it's like, um, I've just I like to use illustrations. It's like mm. I remember whenever I was younger, um, while I was I, I'd done my law degree and in between my law degree and starting a master's, I done an act I acted for a while. Oh that. Yeah, I don't know whether I, I told you that. And when I was acting, I I learned how to lose my inhibitions. Love that and to just be mm. without judgment now it's a lot easier to get up and be on stage acting someone else a character than it is being yourself 
now that that's been a journey since that but just that whole sense of that it's okay to be who you are without fear of judgment and that will allow you to have less inhibitions sorry to be less inhibited and as we get older like if we see kids like i see my um nephew and he's at seven he's seven now and my niece she's six and then uh, we've got more of them but they're at an age that i think that i can start seeing society um starting to impede how they yeah. behave oh definitely and it is, isn't it? It's kind of whenever we do anything, it's like, oh, well, what will the neighbour say? What will Joan down the road say? What will our oh, friends say? What, yeah. What will and that comes from the adults. That comes from the adults. Yeah. Oh, don't be too loud. And, you know, and we've we've spoken about this and what drew me to you, Donna. And we, we kind of had this conversation, didn't we? And you were like, maybe you said this to me, that you being energised is actually you see as your biggest strength. And I was like, I've come from the background of being told, I was too much or you're too loud or you're too this and you're too that yeah um, and because we're quite similar yeah. like that we are and quite I, similar like that. <laughs> yeah. but i've been told because of the narrative that i've been hearing from um the people around me that has been encouraged yeah but yeah. i have believe you me i have had people to say oh just can you keep it down a bit i was up the other night i was at a christian um <laughs> a party and i was told to keep it down because it was too loud and and i said oh do you mean that I'm not Christian, I, I, <laughs> and this is oh, just not sure. um and and i said do you mean that you struggle around like noises and they said yeah that would have been a better way to say it and i said yeah i said because i'm not too loud what's the perception of too loud because you and i together right what's the perception of too loud i think us together our perception of too loud and maybe someone else's perception of too loud maybe two very different maybe things too much yeah yeah and i think that's so important in life perception because everybody's perception is different and if you are trying to fit in with everybody's perception i talk a lot with my clients about if you were because within their businesses we work a lot around their ideal clients and their niches and the strategy and all of that stuff and i think sometimes you know it, it, it i sound like i'm contradicting myself because one week i'll say one thing to them and the next thing i'll say something else the reason for that is because they're changing and developing and actually they need different things yeah at different times because someone who comes to me and, and is beating themselves up that they have they don't have a niche if i turn around to them and say you need a niche you've got to go away and do this niche that's the last thing that they need right because they're already doing that that's themselves they, it's yeah. just going to get it make it worse so i think it's really important that actually we just tell ourselves it's okay it's okay not to have this sorted out right now but what is the next step well, it's like, isn't it that perfection? So 100%. what I've done, what I've done, Anna, um, to pull all of that together for anybody who's watching or listening. Love it. I love, love this about you, Donna. You're so like, we are so different in the fact that I do all like the, I don't know what stuff. 
and you were very like, right, here's a strategy, and I love it. Yeah, that's my that's my bad. Going back, actually, going back to the question earlier on, I asked, what is the thing that you need you need to work on? Yeah. For me, ironically, the thing that I need to work on is more structure and brilliance at giving it for other people, but for myself, not so great. Um, but just to give some structure to anybody who's watching or listening, like that is a lot of information and we've had a lot of antidotes and ex experiences around talking about what leadership is and what it kind of isn't. Um, take, take your notepads out and take, take comfort knowing that leadership nowadays is about being authentic. What we mean by that and what we've talked about there is about getting really clear for you on what it is that you stand for and how you want to operate because part of that is understanding kind of your purpose and your values because a lot of the time we feel inauthentic is whenever something's happening around us and we're stepping in to it where it's against our value system mm -hmm. so if you're really clear on what your values and what your purpose is you can enter into a conversation really clearly at that time whenever you feel a little bit that is not authentic and you can explain like for me this is my value and this is where it's really important and that can really help you articulate your position in a more authentic way so people can understand where you're coming from the second one was around um understanding others strengths not not putting square pegs into round holes for example um understanding your people understanding the people that are reporting into you, helping them to understand what they want in their career in terms of development and helping supporting them to get there. And I think off the back of that, one of the other things was about not letting other people dictate um, what you do. Um, obviously there needs to be some grace as we talked about in um, how you negotiate with other people and um, I think one of the other skills that we probably didn't hone in on as much there that I think we could have uh, drawn out more is learning how to communicate um, gracefully and influence other people. And part of that is kind of understanding other people and how you can go into their world and pull them back so you can have a mutual understanding. That, I think, is probably the biggest skill that I teach in the in-house lawyers leadership program because that's all about helping the in-house legal team to really position themselves so other people can see the value that they bring but the first thing we need to do is go into other people's world rather than saying oh they do this they do that they don't value me they they don't listen to me go into their world first bring them back and with that that will give you a lot of freedom so you feel less inhibited about having those conversations because you've developed the skills to communicate in an effective way. And knowing that it's okay not to be perfect, that you will make mistakes. Allowing other people around you to make mistakes because guess what, in those mistake, mistakes, if we're graceful, that's when we grow the most. So that's my summary of what we just talked about. The best stuff comes out of mistakes, right? Oftentimes, I love what you just said about mistakes. So many good things actually come from a path of that you didn't think you wanted to be on, right? And something else will happen. So, yeah. Well, obviously, we're not talking about. Well, I, I actually say that. Um, as I say, we're not talking about if you commit a criminal offence and you're sitting in jail. I have seen 
I know people who have gone to prison for different, various different reasons. Some I would question that they should have been there in the first place. But anyway, the growth, the growth that they have had being there has been absolutely phenomenal. And they're out now leading the way on this kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm sure we, I think we have mutual people that we know that have um, grown so much through real, real trauma and real hardship. Definitely. And I mean, that's almost like the argument, isn't it? Like, can we actually, you know, the debate over, can we actually grow if we don't have those failures or those challenges or that adversity and you grow as much because I think we're almost in this society now that we think everything should be awesome all the time and let's face it if everything is awesome all the time that's the new normal you've got to have something else that actually can show you that that's awesome you need that almost like that balancing between yeah Yeah, and to any to any any like gen z is it gen z no, I am. I'm I have no idea. I'm not into all of that. Which generation to which? <laughs> to any like Gen Z and younger generations that's out there, like you probably look at us and said, "Yeah, yeah, that's how it is in your life, and you know that's how it was whenever you grew up." Like guys, I am coaching people your age, and one of the big challenges that your generation is facing is a lack of resilience. And that's what's oh, causing definitely. anxiety. Yeah, you know definitely. what I mean about anxiety. And because, well, that's not fair. Um, the anxiety that people our age would have experienced back in the 80s and 90s is very different than the anxiety that um, the younger generations experience today. Yeah. And big contributors towards that is obviously the development of technology, AI, and the immediacy. Mm-hmm things that puts a lot of anxiety on the younger generation and I do feel I do feel for that for us it was big traumatic events that caused it yeah and I think it it is um we do need to look at that differently I I say all the time to people my kids are my biggest teacher because they are of a different generation you know they are a couple of generations back and actually my kids lead the way for me every day for me to learn and grow because for me to actually not react, for me to respond, oftentimes I've got to grow as a person to actually interact with them. So I think yeah. we need different generations to teach us different things. Different things. I completely agree yeah. because because especially in the generation that's coming in to qualify as lawyers, are they're a lot more aware of mental health and yeah. mental resilience because it's been taught in schools. We never got taught those things in school. Exactly. But, but however... I think that the balance needs to be struck between yeah. that and resilience. And what kids are not getting taught today is resilience. And that might sound old fashioned. <laughs> that might sound, why should I? Because if you have a little bit more resilience within you and how you handle particular situations and you're not expecting other people to fix it for you and you find out ways that you can fix it yourself, you become a lot more self-assured a lot more um, effective and you can help more people around you. Definitely. And also I think within that as well, I think if you don't know what anxiety is or what it feels like, you can't actually experience it. You can't actually experience something that, that, you know, and in the past, I, you know, many years ago, I was having panic attacks every single night. 
lucky for me, I didn't know what I was having was a panic attack. I was waking up, drowned in, in sweat, like literally freezing cold, shaking, and with massive heart palpitations. That is a panic attack. Luckily for me, I didn't know that's what, what was happening. What do you mean I, when you say, why do you think that's luckily you didn't know? Because I think if I'd known I was having a panic, panic attack, the minute, and I have worked with people, I've worked with people, uh, uh, top directors in investment companies, in different firms, who were having panic attacks. And the first thing I did with them is I banned the word panic attack and I banned them even thinking it. What would happen, they would start to feel funny in their bodies Mm -hmm. The second they said to themselves, I'm having a panic attack, guess what happened? They went into having a panic attack. They were living out exactly what they thought. So So I think it it would be a lot worse. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's like you work with them to change the narrative around what they're experiencing. Changing that narrative. And our language is so key. The language that we use, we just, we live what we say and what others around us say. We live what people tell us that we are and we live what we tell us. I we absorb that. it osmosisly, osmosisly, that's not even a word. Yeah, 100% um, and This kind of comes into another, I know we're going, we're going on, we're, I thought we would only be a half an hour, but. I know, do we wrap up now, Donna? <laughs> we'll be here for like three hours. I want to wrap up that point that Anna made, because I think it's brilliant, because part of, part of being a good leader is um, managing your stress. Um, I put out a post this week, on linkedin and i'm just going to pull it up um and essentially i put out a quote from a another yeah neuroscientist and best-selling author called tara swart and i was I, like i've got onto the um the diary of a ceo and i've been listening to a lot of the interviews on there and i think they're just absolutely brilliant um so dr tara swart has said that leaders if they don't manage their stress that it actually trickles down into the um, people around them because she she explained how the stress hormone cortisol actually leaks out through our main organ our skin so anybody who's in close close proximity, even if we're trying to cover it up and we think if we think that we're covered it up and we haven't said anything and we haven't acted and we haven't shouted, we haven't acted in any way that would demonstrate that we're stressed. She said that's irrelevant because we leak it. Wow. Yeah. We leak it. And she says that actually cortisol actually leaks through our skin. So people in very close proximity to us will absorb that so leaders have more of a responsibility to manage the stress and a lot of that managing the stress is about managing that narrative in your head about how you um are um what you're telling yourself in response to certain situations that you're experiencing hence the reason why anna and i coach and that's what we coach is that mindset so moving into the um, leadership mindset, which we both work on, is about managing those internal um, stories that we're telling ourselves. I call it your, your mind prison, your shitty mind prison, getting yourself out yeah. of that so that you can step yeah, into free narrative. And I, let's face it as well. I mean, I, I tend to, with my clients, call them narratives because let's face it, right? We don't wake up in the morning and we say to ourselves, 
I'm telling myself a story about this. We don't try that. Connor and I do as coaches, right? But as you know, I, I think we're you know we're dealing with this stuff all day long. We know we're telling ourselves a story, and that can be half the battle, right? Can't it? Of, uh, actually knowing that and actually what you're doing about it. How many times you stop yourself and then go? Oh, I know. That one come from. I, I annoy myself with coaching myself. I'm like, for goodness sake, Anna, just let yourself be a normal a normal human being for like at least half a day, right? Yeah. Um, but it, it is, you know, I don't think we wake up and think, oh, I'm telling myself a story, you know, because it feels very real. You know, we can say, oh, I'm telling myself an excuse. It doesn't feel like an excuse. It feels like a very valid reason. Mm -hmm. so I do also think when we're going back to that grace and, you know, we're very similar. We talk about a grace a lot. I call it yes. something slightly different, gratitude and whatever else. Um, that's key. Because if we don't have grace with ourselves of going, you know what, I get to free pass myself today. I get to give myself a get out of jail free card. I can actually do whatever it takes today to just get through the day. I think we're being very unfair. It kind of comes back to that. And I, I, I see um, some of the, so I, as, I, as you know, I've said, I've worked, I work with um, lawyers that sit on the exact really in uh, FTSE yeah. public, public companies. And um, I've been working with some, I mean, genuinely amazing human beings. And these guys are like just, and girls are um, amazing. And um, one day I was speaking to X, I'm not going to give their name. And they said, I just want to scream. I just want to scream, Donna. I don't have the time to change my underwear. I haven't changed my underwear this morning. Um, I just pulled on my trousers and jacket and off out I went. And I said, I just want to scream. And I said, can I just ask, how often do you tell that to your direct reports? That I just want to scream. He said, I can't say that. I'm the leader. And I said, well, what about leading them into feeling confident in talking about their emotions? Mm. And he said, yeah, he says, but they're, they're women. And if I said to them, I just want to squeal, they'll just all want to squeal too. Honestly, that would be very cathartic, though. You know what? It would be a cathartic, like a little screaming, a squealing circle. Yeah. Wow. But he did. He, he went to them and he said, look, I've been working with um, my coach and she told me that I should just scream. And they were like, go for it. We're here behind you. Oh <laughs> and then he, he said, I didn't scream, but I did go. Ah. Yeah, I know. Oh, sorry, yeah. I, I, we, we're just like talking over each other. We're so good at right. this, um, But yeah, and what you were just, I, I think I got very overexcited there about the point you were making. And um, even when we do that, it can turn into laughter, which changes our state like that. Oh, and it changes everybody else as well. So they, yeah. like if they, if they, because of the relationship that he has with, and um, that he's already developed through working together um, with his direct reports because that relationship wasn't there at the start. And the fact that he felt comfortable enough to do that, actually, yeah. he said like he feels like the people around him, his direct reports, don't he don't feel like they're his direct reports anymore, that they're his colleagues. And, and the um, human element, 
that human element and bringing lawyers back to being human is a big thing at the moment out there but it's you know it's been okay and knowing that you're not perfect and telling someone and being okay like even as a leader you can come in and say guys i've had um have had a bit of a difficult night um my kid whatever wasn't sleeping so just bear with me today because i'm feeling a bit tired and letting people know that and making people aware of what the hell's going on with you is a strength I think it's strength. Yeah. And it's part of being authentic. I, I think you're right. And actually, then you know what? And I'm I'm very open in the fact that you know I've got stuff happening with my my kids. My 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 sons have challenges of their own, and we go through yeah all and different stuff. And quite frankly, there's some weeks that I go, I want to hibernate and do nothing, right? And I think that's just like being a human, isn't it? It's like that's we nice. have weeks that we want to take that we feel strong enough to take on the world. And there's weeks that we think, oh, if only I could be a like, you know, a whatever animal hibernates, can't really think of one at the moment. But if only I could hibernate. <laughs> and Anna. And Anna, go hibernate. Just sit on my sofa for like a week. I know it would last like three hours, but hey. <laughs> I know, I know. Good but, but then we also know that if we're feeling like that is our state of mind and we just need to change our state, so what we're going to do is just wrap up okay. there um, and i want yeah. to say thank you so much darling for your time and um, this thank morning you. i know it's um a saturday morning and um, the week before christmas sorry this sounds like a story coming on here um but i just want to say thank you so much and um just to remind everybody that anna's um podcast is coming out uh, uh, i think it's going to be in the new year and the podcast what's it called again so being imperfectly perfect i am see this is how imperfectly perfect it is i did originally call it being perfectly perfect and for one reason or another it just didn't feel aligned and also no, I kept the so i've changed it i've changed it and it's all good so so. what is it again let's not confuse anybody exactly because i've just done it right so being yeah. imperfectly perfect but you can visit me at annawood.co.uk anyway, and everything will be on there. See, now I'm going to have to go and put it on there, aren't I? Because otherwise people won't see you it. you got to so do it. you got to do this it. Morning, putting my podcast on the website. So <laughs> don't note to yourself. Put it on. Exactly. Um, and centre. Thank you so much, Anna. And I just want to say thank you to anyone that has um, sat on and listened to us talking about leadership, what leadership is and how you can step into, um, well, not step into being a leader, but um, how you can understand these leadership qualities and abilities a little bit more so that you can operate at that leadership level. And remember, you are a leader in everything that you do in life. You do not have to wait to be at the top of an organization to lead, you are leading right now. So here's to an amazing, amazing Saturday. And thank you so much for listening. Again, I'm Donna McGrath, the in-house lawyers and leadership coach. And this is a podcast on leadership by Donna Mack. Thank you.